this week on Keystone Conversations. Is it wrong that I love my house? And how do I correct the intent of my heart? Welcome to Keystone Conversations, our weekly look into issues important to the people of Keystone Church as we help each other know and follow Jesus. My name is Randy Woodbury. I'm an elder here at Keystone Church, and along with me today is my co-host and fellow elder, Philip Ramsey. Hello. And our guest this week, our fellow elder, Keystone Teaching Pastor and Salt Company Ankeny Director. Did I get all the titles? I think so, yeah. Austin Wadlow. Austin, good morning. And Pastor of Swagger. Pastor of Swagger. Welcome. I, I like that. That doesn't pay Don't very well. <laughs> so as you look back uh, this morning in, in Acts 8, Austin, one of the emphasis uh, you focused on was how God often uses broken situations to move us and reposition us for his purposes. And I think at one point, and I think this was your quote, I think I can accurately say that on behalf of our elder team, that we'd love to see this church blow up and grow like crazy as we reach more and more people in Ankeny. But if this church stays the exact same size it is right now for the rest of its existence, because we're constantly sending people out to plant new churches, that might literally be the coolest thing ever. So as you think through this one, what I thought of was how this boils down to our tension between our calling, goals, and purposes for Ankeny, which we would equate to Jerusalem in the Acts passage, and our calling, goals, and purposes regionally and globally. Is that the right tension to think about? Yeah, I think so. And I, I would say, in my mind, in my heart, mind, whatever, there's been a massive shift in the past few years. Like I grew up in a culture, a church culture where it was all about right here, this place. I mean, mm-hmm. I, at one point I interned for a church that was 40,000 members, which in my mind is absolutely ridiculous. Um, right. There's so much sitting potential there that that could be sent out and multiplied elsewhere. It's, it's, it's basically a shift from addition to multiplication. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think there has to be a shift in our minds too. We, we can't ever like lose the, the vision of reaching our community. And that always has to be there because that fuels our ability to multiply. Sure. But we always have to have multiplication in mind because in fact, you even see the shift in, in Acts. They went from adding to multiplying in chapter six. Mm-hmm. And, and I would say even more so that multiplication began to took place in chapter eight when they scattered. You, you have to have both. You got to be adding. You got to be multiplying because the adding fuels the multiplication. Yeah, I think back to Brent in his vision statement last week. He said one of the traps we can fall into is if we're so focused on the number of people in this building that we lose focus on what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of connects well that we could all be all about having eight services and 15,000 people here in Ankeny and likely we're missing opportunities then. For sure. I think for me, it's what your point was. It's not about preserving our happiness to follow the gospel, but it's, it's, it's not to make our situation more comfortable. And that's where I think Ankeny, Ankeny Knights would probably say is their biggest hindrance is that they want to be keeping up with the Joneses, this, that, or the other, but they're not really out there to further the gospel when it makes them be uncomfortable. They want to be more situational. They want to be more say comfortable and they want their things around them. And I think that was such a good point that you made because it makes you think globally outreach of what can God use in my life to further the gospel. So I would throw this in there. Um, First Timothy chapter six, verse 17 speaks right to this. It says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them or challenge them not to be haughty, 
uh, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Now, I just think in our culture, in our, speci- our specific context here, there's a, there, I mean, we're in a fluent context. Right? Absolutely. And, man, that can be such a powerful tool for, for God's glory. Yeah. So is that the right, is, would it be correct for me to think of this way, Austin, that you kind of had two main focus today in that gathering and sent concept of not just focused internally, but focused externally in terms of going to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, but also what's the intent in my heart, I think, to the Simon the Magician section, which I'd, I always get so caught up in the magician part, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. always curious what a magician would look like back then. <laughs> and if you could have done a magic trick, that would have been like really cool. But... Was your card the the eight, eight of spades? Of spades. <laughs> it was. That was uncanny. And I think through where in the verse it had said that you know he had did it for his own glory and saying how great he was. Mm-hmm. And so back to Philip's question, and we've heard it before, right? And I've always I've always claimed it the quests for suburbia ease, right? Mm-hmm. I got the house, I got the yard, I got the job, I got the kids, I got the sports club, I got great transportation options, I got clean streets that are plowed. For sure. It is a trap to fall into, but yet how do we then connect those two and that not to make that my intent of my heart and not make that my driving focus? So first of all, I'd say I totally preached two sermons this morning. Uh, and that's, you know, as we preach through verse by verse, right. And we take sections and especially a massive book like Acts and try to get mm-hmm. it done in a certain amount of time. You kind of, you kind of deal with that, but they're not, they're not totally, you know, disconnected from each other either. I, I, I want to, I, th- I think what I would say is, and I'm, I feel like you had like seven questions and everything you just <laughs> said there, but I, what my mind is honing in on here is we, we've got people all over the spectrum in our church. And you know, we say this every week, we have new people coming every week, which right. is the coolest thing ever. Absolutely. Um, and these new people are coming in from all different backgrounds. I talked to uh, some people in the second service this morning who they just moved from Arkansas six weeks ago. And, you know, their church background is, you know, this, you know, mm-hmm. A or B or C or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we've got people coming in who they have nothing right. in their background. And so, you know, the idea of we're trying to move, you know, our, our vision is we want to help you know and follow Jesus. You know, right. I, I imagine this continuum where you far from Christ, fully devoted follower of Christ. And, and we realize people are all at different places in, in that continuum. And so... What, what I want to be cautious in saying is like, I, the reality is we've got our, our community that we're trying to reach right here in Ankeny is that high value on nice house, nice yard, nice family, comfort, safety, predictability, all that stuff, mm-hmm. what I said right. in the sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also want to be cautious not to sound like I'm beating up those people mm-hmm. because the reality is, is if we don't have those people in our church, we're not reaching our community. Right, sure. So those people are going to be in our church and now we got to take them and move them to help them see that those could actually be idols in their life, standing in in place of God, and they're 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 resting, they're they're putting their hope and their security in those things that they they can't do that, you know. And it's always been one of our elders, Todd Wallace, has always said like your neighbors can be your biggest mission field. Do you know them? Have you loved them properly? Have you reached out to them? And for me, that's really where it boils down to drawing your neighbors in. And focusing on 
Christ's love, however that is, is that just bringing them lunch or dinner? Um, but I think that's a good way to start drawing them in. That could be your mission field to bring them inside the doors. And your point, you said that we don't need to be impressive people. We have an impressive God. Mm. No matter what continuum you're on, whether you're a Christ, devoted Christ follower, or just walked in the doors at Keystone, man, we all have the same God. And we have the same Jesus that died for me as same as the person that just walked in. And so what is that next step that you can get to closer to following Jesus more? And we're all on that. I'd say, continuum. And so that's what's exciting to me when we're thinking about our mission field here in Ankeny is that we all are different areas of life, but we all need Jesus. So how do we use our gifts and talents that God's given to us to reach out, whether that's here in your next door neighbor or in your work? There's always a situation where you can point people to Christ wherever that is. So I think back to we had talked through earlier about the, the diversity of gifts, when, especially in our spiritual gifts, uh, deep dive from a couple weeks back. And, you know, people are going to internalize different parts of the sermon in terms of the guilt concept. And I just remember, though, that whatever situation God puts you in, that's your mission field, back to your point. Sure. And there's others in the church that are going to be focused on other parts of the mission field. So we're not counting on everyone to do everything. We're counting on everyone to do their thing. Yes. And so I think that will help. And that's the beauty of it because... I couldn't do it all myself. Austin couldn't do it all himself. The elders can't do it all themselves. I think he even said this point. We need everyone with their gifts and how God made them Mm -hmm. in order to make this complete. So the one takeaway you have for today would be Philip Ramsey. I think for me, it was what was laid on my heart this week that stirred. Austin, you talked about it. You can kind of repeat the the same point. What stirred in you of what's God trying to draw you closer to do or what's he pushing or laying on your heart in order to draw closer to him? And to me, it's really cool about this podcast is because while I'm sitting in the service, I'm thinking to myself things that I can do, but then it seems like it's really fleeting after I walk out the door. And so really thinking about what that is to draw me closer to the Lord and what's my mission field and how am I being intentional to draw other people towards the gospel or myself and not just having that being reminded in my notes that I only go back to when I'm in my connection group, but hearing it another way through this podcast and start applying some of those things that God was stirring in my heart in the service. I'm not sure if that answered your question, but that's what I would say. Mine would be intent of the heart. I think that was clear to me that Mm -hmm. I look at my use of spiritual gifts and is that always on the right track of what God intends for it. And Mm -hmm. it is easy for me to focus on myself and the family and the kids. It is, you know, I had joked with my wife this morning about a Christ-centered life versus a child-centered life. And we had a good conversation about what that means. But insert your own situation in that. Uh, but that will definitely be my focus of the week as we go through and what is the intent of my heart in all these situations. I think what's scary to me, like everybody has the innate desire for safety, the innate desire for comfort. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that that in, is in and of itself wrong, but I, I feel like in our culture, it's become such a, like a big deal to do everything we can to maintain that. I almost picture this dude walking around with pillows strapped to him everywhere and a helmet so that if he trips and falls, he doesn't feel anything, you know? I think the biggest thing that God has been tugging at my heart on this as I've been preparing it is, man, like, are those are those idols in my life? Mm-hmm. And it, it, does it become a fear 
to step out and do something because the reality is in stepping out, I could lose that security blanket that I have right now. Mm -hmm. I could use the, I could lose that plan B that is very solidly in place right now. But if I step out, I'm saying goodbye to those things. And it's really like legitimately on God now to come through. Right. And what's scary to me is I think in our culture, it's so possible to claim faith in Christ and go your entire life without ever actually stepping out in faith in faith and and testing it to see if it's legit or not you know for sure that's powerful it's also humbling it's hard to yeah as i think through when's the last time i could apply that exact statement to my life well we won't go there because i don't (laughs) want to feel bad (laughs) no i think this was a great message this week very pertinent to our day and age and in the city of ankeny taught through you and in, in, in his scripture. And so I just really have been convicted and pushed and pulled between Acts and the Holy Spirit and how that all ties into the scriptures and in our faith that we either talk about it a lot or we don't talk about it at all. And I like how the Holy Spirit brought in baptisms and baptisms next week. And that's what something I would encourage. I'm going to encourage our connection group. If you haven't been baptized, what's stopping you, mm-hmm. right? Because it's very apparent in this in this text today that once you believed, then you followed through in obedience to Christ because you want that public proclamation of salvation. It's just a neat, it's a neat picture. Well, thanks, Austin, for your insight and for preaching truth, brother. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have further questions, contact us at keystonelife.com. And until next next week, go in grace and peace.